Not expecting the big snow today, but boy, yesterday was a challenge. In fact, uh, in Colville, a number of businesses closed for the day and closed early. Uh, the snow, the travel, the cold weather, it's, just, it's kind of getting to everybody right now. While people that really are affected by the cold weather are the people that need to use the Colville Warming Center. It's been a very busy place with all this winter weather. We went up, talked with the staff and the volunteers, get an update, find out also what they might be needing right now at the warming center. My name is Andrea Gendeman. I work at the warming center. Since the weather is down, you know, negative 25, one day our numbers are way up. In the beginning it's slow and then the colder it gets we get a lot more, but there's a lot of young men this year, 20s, 30s, and older men too. There's only a couple that I've known for up to 10 years that are still coming back here, but the rest of them are all brand new. A lot of men between their 20s and 30s, and some women too, but the numbers are way up. There are more than 20 a night. There's always room on the floor with a roll-out thing, or we have extra cots that we can bring down to. They need good gloves and socks. Somebody just donated a couple of Sorrells that I'm trying to watch their feet. Who needs those? Just their basics, you know, really basic stuff. Chapstick. We have lots of hats. We need gloves. They need food, too. Just basic stuff you can't cook here, so microwavable things and any kind of food. Milk. The longer the days are cold, everybody's getting more and more irritated. There's been a little bit of irritation. It's like we wake them up. They need to hurry and get dressed to go where? That's why one of them said, tell them we need snow shoveling jobs, you know? So it's kind of disappointing. If I want to walk in their shoes, it wouldn't be very fun to get up and get dressed and go nowhere. They can bring donations here. They can call the Legion number. There's sometimes nobody's here. There's a recording and they can meet us here, but we're open every day from 4.30 till 10 in the morning. The gratefulness that every one of them have every time they leave, that they get to be here and have a place to sleep at night. It's been huge. It's a rough deal for them and for us to see. All right, the uh, Caulfield Warming Center up on the north side of town at the lead lower level of the Legion Hall. Uh, we talked with John Horton. He wanted to add that things like coffee, tea, hot chocolate, sugar, crackers, biscuits, some basic simple eat things that don't require a lot of preparation are always needed. If you would like to donate, you can leave a message at the American Legion or stop by the Warming Center, 103 East 6th in Colville. Uh, if you want to call them, 509-684-8480, and you can leave a message. But, uh, boy, with the cold weather, it certainly gives an opportunity for people here in Colville to uh, get out of the frigid temperatures. There's a new real estate firm in Colville. Four Degrees Real Estate, based in Spokane, has opened their first branch office in Colville. The agents at Four Degrees Real Estate have the experience you need and want when it comes to selling or buying real estate in the Tri-County area, whether it's homes or land or commercial. From start to finish, Four Degrees agents advocate for their clients with professionalism and understanding. Call branch managing broker Len Brandt at 509-680-3916 to schedule a no-obligation meeting to find out the value of your home or to learn more about real estate investing. Four Degrees Real Estate, your new choice for real estate 
state of Northeast Washington. All right, this week we are looking at Lake Roosevelt. We're looking at the EPA and the potential that the EPA could declare Lake Roosevelt a Superfund site. We talked with Stevens County Commissioner Wes McCart. We have not got from the EPA region or from the administrator back in D.C. any indication this is going to move forward. The state also has to concur that it needs to happen, but the EPA is saying that they would like to put this on the national priorities list in April of 2024 or September. It is open twice a year to be able to put things on the national priorities list and declare them super fun sites. And the really, really bad part of this is if we're only concerned about a certain area, then why don't you finish your studies, figure out what the area is, and then only that area that needs to clean up would be impacted rather than the entire region. I think from the human health study that they have shared and the information that's out there, like I said, the fish advisory shows that we can eat the fish. Yes, there's an advisory. It's safe to swim. It's safe to recreate. However, the question is, if you declared a Superfund site, will people still believe that? They would not be stopped from going in there. There's really no reason to stop folks from going in there which is why I and other commissioners are opposed to the listing. If there is cleanup that needs to be done, we need to meet the health standards, right? We want clean land. We want clean water. I'm not opposed to any cleanup. I support any cleanup efforts that need to be done, but we need to do them in a very responsible way. We don't need to paint a broad brush over the entire 150 miles of river for a handful of properties in a small region in the upper reach. One of the issues I've brought up and I've asked EPA to think about before they list, you are irrigating the entire Columbia Basin. You have potatoes, apples, wheat that is being sold on the international market. If we are irrigating out of a Superfund cleanup site, are you putting those markets at risk? Is going in and cleaning up some of these areas and trying to take the topsoil out and replace that with other topsoil doing more damage than it is good? That's part of the feasibility piece. There is slag on the bottom of the river. Is trying to remove that slag gonna churn it all up? Or is it far enough down in the riverbed now that it's not creating any harm to the actual river? These are all questions that we're asking. You know, the other component of this that I didn't mention is we just had a meeting with the Army Corps where they did a presentation. If the Columbia River Treaty does not get changed and updated before September of 2024, they're going to go to what they call real-time flood control, which means we could see the operations of behind Grand Coulee greatly change. They would have to lower the level down well beyond what it is now in the spring, and then it would take much longer to fill up. It's still being studied, but that's their preliminary option if that doesn't get done. The other issue that comes up is the tribes have been studying this for several years. We as county commissioners and citizens around Lake Roosevelt have been very supportive of their effort to bring non-endangered species of salmon back behind Grand Coulee and Chief Joe. I personally love that idea. Are we going to do more damage to the system or is it going to put that in jeopardy over this listing? Barry County had a presentation 
from EPA. We've had a presentation as commissioners. They've done one in Lincoln County. They've done one in Grant County. They did a presentation in Northport. All of those presentations were different. That's a question we asked. And then I did invite them to the Eastern Council of Governments, that meeting that we have every other month. They did a huge presentation there to commissioners from all over. There is more communication that needs to happen. This is far from being over. And the transparency of the information has been, what I'm gonna say, less than forthcoming from the EPA. At first, we were a little hesitant as to how much of this do you want to release that becomes misinformation to the public. We've been trying very hard to try and get real information to be able to get out to the public, and we're still learning things. And it's frustrating that we've moved pretty much 20 years down the line, and you're not giving us any more information than what we had 20 years ago, and we're back to square one. We just don't list until you finish the study. If the tables were turned, that's exactly what they do, and that's all we're asking, you know? And if there's things we need to clean up, by God, let's clean them up. All right, there you have it, Stevens County Commissioner Wes McCart. God, if you've been around here, this is a subject that we talked about more than 20 years ago, and then it kind of fades away. We talk about it again, and now it's coming back up again. We're going to get more information from McCart tomorrow about what possibly caused the pollution, how much of a real concern is it, but... Uh, Man, if EPA were to make us a super fun site, that's going to be a concern for everybody. You know the name Tempur-Pedic. If you have a bad back, you may already own one. The back pain relief is legendary. I have a secret for you. Tempur-Pedic mattress support system also provides a good night's sleep. You don't have to wait for a bad back. You can get a good night's sleep now. Don't take my word for it. Ask somebody who owns one. Come to Sandra's for a seven-minute test rest, and we'll change your life forever. Sandra's Furniture, downtown Colville. Three Washington State police officers who were cleared of all criminal charges last month in the death of Manuel Ellis will each get $500,000 to leave the Tacoma Police Department. Ellis, a 33-year-old black man, shocked, beaten, restrained on a sidewalk, the jury acquitted the officers. The police department announcing the findings that the officers did not violate the use of force policy. The city says it is a voluntary separation agreement with all three officers. They each get $500,000. The U.S. Supreme Court ruling they will not take up the appeal of the case regarding the constitutionality of Washington State's capital gains tax, basically our income tax, the law creating the capital gains tax signed in 2021 by Governor Inslee. It went into effect January of 2022. Then it was stopped by a lawsuit, a 7% tax on the sale or exchange of capital assets above $250,000. Of course, uh, this capital gains tax, kind of like how everything the state does anymore, it's brought in $330 million more than what the state said that it would do because it affects most of us. 
opponents uh, filing uh, court cases trying to fight the constitutionality of the tax. Well, the Supreme Court decided not to review that case. Basically violates the uniformity requirements by putting a 7% tax on long-term capital gains exceeding 250000 but zero tax on anything below 250000 it uh, went to the Washington Supreme Court. It was a 7-2 to two ruling there. That uh, They said it was constitutional, and the U.S. Supreme Court is not going to review it. The uh, state is now predicting that they will be bringing in $66 billion in the 23-25 budget. They also have increased the near general fund forecast because they're collecting a lot more money than they told the legislature they would when they passed the law. There is still one bastion of hope for Washington citizens and that is a ballot initiative to repeal the tax. It would take a statewide referendum. Let's go Washington, working on that ballot initiative. For top-notch service and unmatched choices in insurance products, you can depend on the folks at Guide Insurance Services in Colville for home and auto, farm, life, health, personal, and business insurance policies. Call for a free quote and take advantage of rates, benefits, and services designed to give you more for your money. Call Guide Insurance Services today at 684-5850 or visit them at 621 South Main in Colville. Lawmakers in Olympia continuing to call for public hearings on the initiative that would restore vehicular pursuit options for law enforcement. Part of that coming from our state representative, Jacqueline Maycomer. John Satgast has the report. In response to House Democrats rejecting a motion by Republican lawmakers Monday to ensure a public hearing in the House Community Safety, Justice, and Reentry Committee on Initiative 2113, 7th District Republican Representative Jacqueline Maycumber said citizens want to be heard. We should be having public hearings and hearing the public comment to their elected officials. People need to be able to voice their concerns, and those victims should be able to tell the story of what occurred when law enforcement couldn't do their job. And law enforcement should be able to tell the story of why they weren't able to stop a crime, pursue a criminal, or stop future crimes. Maycomber said citizens want to share what they've experienced since majority Democrats limited the ability for police officers to pursue suspects. We have some horrific stories that we've heard that law enforcement could not apprehend or chase down a suspect, and that individual went up to commit more crimes or injured other people. Maycomber encourages citizens to let their voice be heard online at leg.wa.gov. John Satcast, the state capitol. Well, yesterday was a challenging day. A lot of snow came down. Then we had freezing drizzle, then a little more snow. It wasn't just the Colville, Chihuahua, Kettle Falls area. Up in the trail area, the RCMP asked motorists not to travel due to the extreme winter weather. The commercial transport drivers had to use chains 
course, uh, yesterday, all the towing companies, they were overwhelmed and delayed for hours. Um, at one point, the Washington State Patrol had a seven-hour backup in responses to slide-offs and minor accidents yesterday. Uh, Got to give these road maintenance crews an opportunity to get out, do their work, make it safe for travel, the plows, the sand trucks, and all of that. Well, the county was out. Uh, everybody, everybody that had a plow truck was busy working yesterday. Well, the, the initiative that would repeal the state cap-and-trade program, the big tax that uh, has increased our gasoline prices, it's now in the hands of the legislature. As the ranking Republican on the Senate Environment, Energy, and Technology Committee, Senator Drew McEwen is requesting that the Democratic chair of that committee hold a public hearing. Give the opportunity for the citizens of the state to have the opportunity to have their voice heard before the legislature. I recognize the majority party probably is not going to move this, but at least allow for the people's voices to be heard. People, the working families of the state are suffering. The legislature can adopt Initiative 2117, propose an alternative that would appear alongside it on the ballot, or do nothing and allow it to be placed on the ballot by itself. The initiative received over 472,000 signatures to qualify for the November ballot. The founders of our state had this mechanism in here to be able to uh, give a voice to the people and to counter what the legislature and the governor have done. And they're, they're speaking quite loudly here on a number of issues, including the Climate Commitment Act. Washington's average gas price is 94 cents higher than the national average, and it's estimated that cap and trade has increased gas costs by as much as 50 cents a gallon. In Olympia, I'm Tracy Ellis. All right. One more thing we want to talk about here on Thursday morning. There was a, a kind of a routine food run for some firefighters, the Pierce County Fire District 13. It, well, it was nothing but routine by the end of it. Their fire truck got robbed. All right. The crew went into a Tacoma grocery store. And all of a sudden, customers were alerting the fire crew that a group of people pulled alongside the truck in a U-Haul and ransacked it. Well, the firefighters say they were in disbelief for a second. Took me a minute to comprehend what they were saying and then I raced out of the store. Expensive, life-saving equipment was stolen. They got away with all of the saws, their chainsaw, their K-12 cutting tool, the sawzall. They got away with all the medical equipment out of the airway bag. They got away with an entire toolbox. All in all, about $15,000 worth of equipment and that loss of equipment hampering their ability to do their jobs and save lives. Fire department says we're still going to have to do what we have to do. It's just a question of how we can do it safely. Their vehicle stabilization stuff, if a car's on its side, they you know, don't have the equipment now to keep it from rolling onto the firefighters. Don't have an... AED, a lot of stuff that they can still do, but it's going to take weeks to get equipment, and they're shuffling equipment between trucks and that. Uh, they were asked why the truck was unlocked. 
And apparently that is because that's how firefighters, they leave the side panels unlocked because in an emergency, every second matters. They can't lock the doors on the apparatus and then if they need tools, be fumbling around with keys trying to find the stuff. So they need the tools now. That's why those compartments are never locked. But man, you go in, get some food for the uh, fire department, and a, a U-Haul raids your fire truck. So <laughs> there are really some low-life people out there. If you're a private landowner in the Colville Valley, Vaughan Brothers Lumber, a longtime local business and employer in the area, is ready to offer competitive prices and fair market value to purchase your standing timber, logs, or timbered acreage. The experienced forestry staff at Vaughan Brothers offers free consultations and assessments of your forested land and can also assist in the Department of Natural Resource permitting process when you are ready to harvest your timber. Call the forestry staff today at 509-684-5071 or look for additional information on the web at www.vaughanbrothers.com. Well, once again, it's one of those really late-night games. It's uh, Stanford taking on WSU. This is down at Stanford tonight. 7.30 pregame, tip-off at 8 o'clock. The uh, Cougars coming off that big win against Arizona. And uh, so this week it is Stanford tonight. That'll be on KCVL and then on uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, 1.30 pregame, 2 o'clock tip-off, we'll have the WSU-California game, those games down on the road for the Cougars. Colville Riverside basketball, high school games tomorrow, 5.45 on KCRK. Saturday, it's Kettle Falls Colfax. Kettle Falls basketball doing a good job this year. Kettle Falls Colfax, 4.30 on Saturday. That'll be on 92.1 KCRK. Today's local weather forecast brought to you by ABC Heating and Electric, 411 West 2nd in Colville. If you're looking for a little comfort in your life, call the experts, your carrier dealer at ABC Heating and Electric, you like, give Deb a call, make an appointment, 509-684-2018. Afternoon high around 20 today. We may be getting some wind. Maybe a 50-50 chance we'll get a little bit of overnight snow tonight. 13 the low. Snow on Friday. A high of 25. Now... Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, if you don't have to do, you know, much driving, it's probably a really good idea not to be traveling much because it is going to turn to freezing rain. And roadways are going to be really slick. So just be aware, Saturday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday... In fact, Tuesday, still predicting rain with a high of 32. Roadways are going to be frozen, so plan accordingly and do be careful. Carrier dealers, they are the authorities of getting peak performance from your heating and cooling system. See ABC Heating and Electric 411 West 2nd here in Colville. 
A lot colder this morning than uh, we really expected. The, uh, the barometer is back, high pressure in the area. In fact, it is going up fairly rapidly. The barometer at 30.50. And we have dropped now as the cloud cover thins out. We are 10 below zero here in Colville. Bundle up, drive carefully. Let's get through this. We've got a few more days of really cold weather, but uh, 10 below zero, that's colder than we expected this morning. At KCVL, KCRK, really do appreciate your joining us here on the radio. I'm Eric Carpenter. And this is KCVL, KCRK.